This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. David Housel said it best, the whole of the Auburn experience. It encompasses so many different things, people, yes, places other than Auburn too. So many different variety of things, but at its core is all about our sports. It is all about our culture and all about our family. And because it's all about family, we've got to have an Auburn family member here alongside myself, your host, Kyle Loomis, my co-host joining me for episode 28 of the Auburn Experience Podcast, uh, Mr. Austin Scott. Welcome back, sir. Thank you, sir. War Eagle to you, Kyle. Episode 28, as we've already talked pre-show with our good friend Brian, the Trey Matthews episode, his first two came to my mind after some short research, the Booby Whitlow episode, uh, who, you know, both of those individuals, uh, very unique careers at Auburn and how they got there or how they left Auburn. Uh, and so, yeah, th- this is sure to be just as unique of an episode, right, Kyle? Hey, I'm sure. <laughs> Listen, um, you know, we've had a lot of unique things happen on this podcast. You dropping your you know, computer. Actually, that was off of the actual post show, post show. Yeah. But it lives on in perpetuity, though. Just go look for it. It's it's somewhere on shorts or something like that. I put it out there <laughs> for everybody to find uh, probably one of the most repeated things that we've ever put out there. And that's it's it's kind of it's, it's also it's awesome, but sad at the same time that that's the thing that everybody latched onto from E2C Network. You dropping it's, the camera. It's kind of like like uh, America's Funniest Home Videos type things. Like everyone, everyone loves to see someone get embarrassed or get hurt. And it's all in good fun, you know. And so we don't take it personally here. It's all in good fun. But we put out a lot of good other content, too. We do. We do. So let's get into some of that. We have not been able to take on a, what we love to do at the beginning of every Auburn experience podcast, Auburn potpourri, where we just hit a lot of different things, especially maybe smaller topics that maybe don't warrant, at least on the surface, a full discussion about them, a full segment, because we know what we're dealing with right now, especially those of you that are listening to this podcast directly when it comes out. Um, Auburn's out of March Madness in a very sad fashion. We're going to get to that. So just hold tight. We'll talk some more March March Madness stuff too. For this one though, let's talk, do a little bit of bouncing around. I'll start us off and you can you know respond to Austin however you'd like to and maybe take us wherever you'd like to. Uh, how about, let's, let's talk about Niffers. They got their, uh, their new sandwich, the Cadillac, out. Right? Well, I, I guess it's out and available now. They've announced it. Did they say that, Austin? Is it available to, to um, sample now? That's that's a good question. I didn't. I didn't see that. Uh, and but I'm, that doesn't mean it's not true. Uh, I haven't. I just haven't looked into it. Uh, but that's a good. That's a good point. I might have to go sample it for you and, and provide I, feedback. I think it's homework that you have to have. I mean, I'm just <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it is out. You and, and you and I texted about it right as right as we saw it. We did. We did. Uh, I will say that you and I think had a lot of more creative ideas, but still looks good. It looks like a solid kind of one of those things that you would expect a lot of people that there was some barbecue involved, mm-hmm. uh, some Wickles. Was, was that right? Wick, Wickles pickles. Uh, yep. What else was in there? White sauce. Yeah. White sauce, uh, some coleslaw, I think um, a good old down home, down home meal for sure. Um, and I think too, because it wasn't as crazy or, or like you said, creative as some things you and I talked about or, or suggestions we saw, but uh, it's definitely feasible for Niffers to, oh, to yeah. put, get a lot out of. I think they're going to make a lot of them, uh, especially here at the beginning. So uh, it's good, a good suggestion. It 
will do well, I think. And congratulations. I don't do not remember his name, but congratulations to the man who will get. I think he gets one a month for a year or something like that. That's and awesome. So, I mean, if he's in college, that's pretty valuable, right there. That is dangerous, my friend. Yeah. If I could look, I love a lot of things at Niffers, corn nuggets, especially. Mm. Um, but their fries too are really good. And so that's going to be the problem for me. If I had one is the fact that I get access to those fries once a month and (laughs) oh boy. Um, But we're happy to have that in the repertoire, whether Austin goes and samples it first, or I I will definitely try to make a point to do that myself because I love Niffers. Uh, So it's exciting news to have that out there. Want to take us maybe into the sports realm here. Some good things related to this time of year with basketball and March Madness. Women's basketball, as of this moment, is still in the WNIT tournament. Having won the, They are dancing, baby. So don't take off your dancing shoes right now, Auburn fans. I mean, if you're listening to us on the normal day, it's released on Mondays for the audio version. It's happening at any moment now. Uh, I think it's at 6 o'clock or something like that on Monday, 7 o'clock, somewhere in there. But as of this moment, they are still dancing, and uh, I think a great step in the right direction for Coach Johnny Harris and that program. Oh, absolutely, and it's good to see that they get into the postseason, get some of that experience, hopefully to get in the big dance next year. Uh, but, I mean, not just getting in, but you get a first-round win, a first-round home win, uh, yep. and so that's exciting for for Auburn fans to be able to see this team in action, continue to garner a little more support. Um, and, and they're making it to the round of 32. So, you know, that's as much as the men did. So, I mean, that's pretty good right there. Uh, granted, different tournament. Different, different tournament, tournament. Different tournament. Different uh, same sport. Yeah. The round um, orange ball. So, is, it's all the same, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. And so now they're going to get to go play. So you said that's tomorrow. They'll go play our, our, I think our, I, our, our cousins of the north. Are they really that much? I mean, I guess they're northern of Auburn, but really about – I guess they're technically still northern of where I am. I, I'll be honest with you. I thought about making a real quick trip up there. I just – I don't know that I can justify it right now, um, but it, it is very enticing to drive about two, two and a half hours, depending on traffic, just to go and support Johnny Harris and this team uh, at Clemson yeah. and uh, see, you know, Auburn with the lake, as they call it. <laughs> That's right. I, d- I did that drive in college for – when we went up there for football. and I mean, it was three and a half from Auburn, like – we were joking that they are cousins of the North, but uh, yeah, I hope a good Auburn contingent ends up there. I, I, it's exciting and yeah. good to see Auburn in the postseason of any form for Auburn women's basketball. Yeah. Uh, other little thing that we want to mention sports, uh, good things as well. Uh, gymnastics is still in the middle of their postseason action with the SEC championships. Now, obviously, we're probably we're hoping for those. We won't go into the details of it, but there's two sessions usually with the SEC championships. If you're one of the better squad, you're in the, the later session. Auburn was in the first session of the day but was the top team coming into that session and ended up winning the session overall and doing fairly well we must give a shout out uh, to cassie stevens who is now a co-sec champion on the vault i think is what it is yes vault i think and and was named scholar athlete of the year uh for gymnastics so no to no one's surprise cassie stevens doing an incredible job this year and uh, yeah, really proud for really proud of the team for doing well, and and almost you know I, we watched the second session that night and almost edged out Kentucky to place fourth overall. Um, that's without Suni Lee, 
folks. And so that that's a big step in the right direction uh, for this team to prove that they're not just an Olympic champion and the rest of the gang. Uh, so I'm excited for the future and the rest of this year for what it's worth. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good sign for those people and those detractors of the gymnastics program, out, out, mainly outside of Auburn, that would say, well, you're just that good because of SUNY or you're just that good because of Darian. Uh, I present to you Cassie Stevens and mm-hmm. co-SEC champion. Obviously, you know, no one really gets super excited about the academic side of being a scholar athlete, but that's still an important thing that you are able to accomplish that while you're doing these great feats here. It only adds to your accolades even further. Absolutely. So it's a really good time um, seeing that happen during maybe I will say a little disappointing the way that the season's working out, whether that's because of results or because of SUNY having to deal with whatever she's got going on right now, not being able to compete at the moment. Um, You know, I I just think that the fact that we've had somebody step up like Cassie and, and others as well is done is gone on to show that this program is still where it needs to be outside of superstardom, so to speak. Yes, no, absolutely. And I think, the, the like you mentioned, Cassie is proof of that. Olivia Hollingsworth and her progression over the years is proof of that. Gabby uh, McLaughlin. Absolutely. Auburn had to start two freshmen at the SEC Championships this past weekend uh, in, in their normal rotations, and one had to start their entire meet. I think Hannah Hagel had to start off on vault of the very first event of the SEC Championship. Welcome to the big show, kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that that's big. And, and it proves that what they're seeing in practice is is working. And, and Coach Jeff Graba is doing a great job with this group. And so I'm, I'm excited for the future. Auburn fans should be excited for the future post SUNY uh, and, and that these things continue to happen. Yeah, uh, I, I'm excited, too. I know it's a tough time for Auburn fans right now, mainly because of the way the big three is going right now, football, men's basketball and baseball. But I promise you folks that there are plenty of things that sports or otherwise that are great things that are happening at Auburn. And we just covered some of them right here. So if you're feeling sad right now, there's a good reasons to kind of cheer up just, just a little bit, but now, <laughs> but now we must talk about uh, the, uns- the, the yes, happy things of March madness, but let's first tackle the bad stuff. We can maybe talk about in second segment more just generic March Madness. And I'll maybe even talk a little bit about my experience at uh, Auburn's appearance in that regional game. Um, Auburn beat Iowa and had a very impressive showing, to be honest yep. with you. I, in person, it looked great. Uh, some scary moments here and there, but what Auburn basketball game hasn't been a little bit scary this year. You just kind of, it's been amazing to me, Austin, whether it's here on this YouTube channel online on social media, the amount of people that are still shocked that you're going to be having your heart racing this year with this team, but also as an Auburn fan, like that's hello. I mean, this is what you signed up for. You signed up your glutton for punishment. So just settle in, enjoy the ride. It's what, it's what you sign up for. Uh, it, what's the the medication? SEC shorts did fans oh, at all? Uh, fans at all, and we were like the tall. headliner for that. Yes, yes. I mean that's just what you get as an Auburn fan. It's it's never dull. Uh, it's always going to be exciting, positive or negative, um, and so that's how it is. And you know, you get good good hills and valleys with that. And and the Iowa game was certainly a, a peak moment. Uh, it looked like that is the Auburn team that we know. This team has potential and capability of, um, and they showed out in front of a, a very home crowd. 
uh, and that's exciting. That's exciting for Birmingham. That's exciting for Auburn to get to play in a postseason game like that. Um, and so I think that shocked a lot of people, uh, but for good reason. That that is a Bruce Pearl coach team, and and they can be dangerous in the tournament when when they put it all together. When they don't what put do it think? all together. Yeah, another thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Let's dwell on this just for a little bit here. What do you think that we did so much better against Iowa? Now, let's let's go ahead and acknowledge the difference in the opponents here. You're doing an eight nine uh, matchup in your first game. You would expect it to be an even game, which it was for the most part. I think Auburn pulled away at the end, obviously, but for a little bit. Um, but you're playing a number one seed in Houston, which we'll talk about in a second. What do you think Auburn did differently? better or whatever in that first game that made them so successful against Iowa? Uh, made their free throws. Um, <laughs> outside Austin, of, you're not supposed of, to get me riled up this quick. Okay. Outside, <laughs> just, of, that, uh... <laughs> outside of making your free throws. Uh, I just felt like they were attacking, uh, attacking and sharing the ball um, mm-hmm. and just playing cohesively. And I think you even saw that some in the first half against Houston when things were going really well mm-hmm. uh, and then just kind of got away from it. But, in the in the game against Iowa, they were confident, they were shooting confidently, uh, and just taking advantage of different mismatches. No matter who it was, it wasn't right. there wasn't a concern about who gets theirs or who gets who's the hot hand. It's just a matter of playing together, getting making sure whatever player has the best look is taking that shot, uh, and and it showed. You know, that, like you said, there were scary moments in that game where it looked like we're going to let Iowa creep back in. And, and in an 8-9 game, it's going to be pretty even. That's going to happen. Right. But Auburn playing together was the best team on the floor. Uh, I think you could say that a lot of, about a lot of the games throughout Auburn season. When, when they played together, they were better than their opponent. When they didn't play together, it was pretty obvious that they were going to get beat. Um, so I think that's, that was the biggest difference between the first and second round games. Yeah, I, I love the freedom that Bruce Pearl gives his players. And I think uh, a lot of people struggle with that at times because they'd like to see a little bit more str- what they perceive as structure. And I think people don't understand that there is a structure there to what they do, but there's also a, a freedom that I really value as as a former player too that I saw especially my senior year of high school when, when my head coach um, – figured that out as well that when he just let us just go have fun essentially that we became a more cohesive and well-performing team um so i I see that a lot with them and and i saw some of that come out i've been talking all this year and i'm doing doing this on camera for those on the audio podcast this little bit that i've been talking about all year finally realized well it it been realized in other games but realized in this game whether that was because we got extra contribution in terms of double digit um, points scored by I think it was six different people that night but it just it felt different this was the team that I knew that they could beat. I've said all season this basketball team could have beaten anybody in in, in this league anybody and I mean that but they also could lose to anybody <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's just how up and down that they, they never found that solid ground to stay on and commend them for the fight the drive and the togetherness that they showed the majority of this, if not all this season. And Bruce Pearl talked about that some of them in his press conference, talking about how these guys could have just laid down as many tough losses as they had, but they didn't and showed up in that Iowa game in a big way. And so it was a great way to continue an 11 0 streak in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Now, 
we do have this apparent streak that is developing of losing in the second round. Not streak, I guess I shouldn't say, but uh, propensity to lose in the second round. And uh, yeah, I will say, I thought we were going to break that in that first half versus number one Houston. And uh, Sasser was his name. He was a little sassy individual. Uh, but boy, does he, he make up <laughs> that sass he gives with being able to play basketball. I got to give credit where credit is due. So I will ask you the opposite question, Austin. What went wrong <laughs> in, in game uh, two? Yeah. I'll start with the same answer I gave you the first one, free throws. I got a headache right now. <laughs> That's the easiest thing to look at, right? But I think the other thing, too, and, and some of the players kind of brought this out talking post-game. Houston clamped down on defense after yeah. halftime. They made adjustments. I'm sure the coaching staff, their coaching staff got after them and said, hey, you're about to get run out of the gym as a number one seed, whether you're on their home court advantage or not. And Auburn didn't quite adjust. You know, I, th- I think mm-hmm. even Bruce mentioned it post game. We expected the second half defense to come from the jump from them, and it didn't. And then once that kind of didn't, I think we kind of fell into a lull where we were like, well, I guess we're just, you know, we're our stuff is working, uh, and and we didn't quite adjust. And I'm not saying they didn't plan to not adjust. I think our guys. Uh, it just didn't come quite as easy. And when the, you're given opportunities, like getting to the free throw line and you don't take advantage of them, that's just not going to work in the NCAA tournament, especially right. against a one seed. Uh, I don't care if you're two hours from home or not. And so um, it, can it's we, can really... we address this too? Can we address this, this home court advantage that uh, Houston claimed that we had? I'm sorry. Did you see the makeup of the arena that night? It, it, it would have been that way had they not put Auburn and Alabama in the same arena for different regions on the same night. I'm just, it was, it was Alabama's home court advantage, not ours. Did we have a significant amount of people there? But we would have had that regardless because we travel well. That's just what we do. And that's why we got the Birmingham matchup. Yeah. I'm sorry, folks. That's if you want to have a more favorable matchup, prove to them they can make money off of you. And I'll get to that in a little bit, but <laughs> sorry. That was just I, yeah. this, this notion and this complaint that Houston's head coach had about, oh, I guess we should yes. have been a number nine seed so we could get a home court advantage. I'm like, buddy. Ain't nobody had a home court advantage except for Alabama. No. So anyway, sorry. No, yeah, and it and it definitely would have been an excuse had we won. But there's nothing to not there. I, there's no way to talk about this game and talk about Auburn's missed opportunities than talk about the free throw strike because we all watched it. It was painful every single time the ball rimmed out or didn't make the net. Uh, they they missed their chances that were given to them. There's no excuse on not getting calls. There's no excuse on uh, tight. Yeah, I mean, Houston played great defense. Don't get me wrong. But Auburn, the most open shot that you are guaranteed on the court is from the free throw line when no one is allowed to be near you. Near, as in affect your shot. And Auburn missed over half of theirs. And 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 that that's not going to work in the tournament. It's just not going to work. I don't care what court you're playing on. <sighs> Austin, I've uh, I've done I think really well to keep my emotions in check publicly um, on post game streams tonight about free throws. And and listen, mm. I said this last night. There's no one that feels worse than Janai Broom with his free throw struggles, and that's was really odd no. because he is not that bad of a free throw shooter. Like he's actually a re- no. for his size is actually a really good free throw shooter. He had a bad and day. Some night. It, it, it's remember what happened. 
last year in the second round game, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler forgot how to play basketball for one game, or at least effective basketball, the way we were used to them doing. And we lost. And we figured out that outside of without those two doing what they do, we really needed some help in some other areas. And we weren't getting that outside of them. That's the reality of what that kind of season's a season mounted to. This season, if you don't make your free throws, you're going to lose a game. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, it, it's the reality in any basketball game. Free throws, win, and lose championships. But we don't want to sit here and lament about this. Uh, we are still proud of these Tigers for what they fought through this year. A lot of great moments. Up and down moments, yes, but a lot of great moments. And the great thing is, is we've you know got a lot to probably speculate and talk about for the future as opposed to with this team, we'll do some sort of maybe wrap up of everything. Look back when we've got some time, but we're kind of getting to at the end of a bunch of winter sports storylines. So we'll kind of wait a little bit and kind of see let the dust settle before we do that. But um, fun time in Birmingham for March, for March madness for Auburn. So in this next segment, I just want us to maybe dive into March madness in general and talk about maybe some experiences that I had to, uh, I will tell you Birmingham uh, and Auburn and Alabama being together. It's quite an interesting mix um, <laughs> to say that it felt like the, I didn't, I lived through these days, but like I wasn't cognizant of it. Like I am now where Birmingham was the Mecca, the central for all things, Auburn, Alabama. It felt like that had reemerged again, even though we weren't playing each other literally seemed from every aspect took over the city lines out the wazoo to get there. So I just sharing a little bit about my experiences there. I went to the first game uh, first time that I think I've ever been in now known legacy arena, but I believe it's called the mm-hmm. BJCC, whatever you want to call it. Um, supposedly they had renovated it. Never know, never knew to it the old way. So I, it looked good to me. I talked to some other individuals that said, they put some new lights up and stuff, but it's basically the same old legacy arena, uh, but had a pretty good experience. There's, I will say there was not a bad seat in the house um, in terms good. of a view. Now, of course, if you sit behind the goal up in the upper deck, you, you're going to have a somewhat limited view. But I, I just looked around. We had decent seats up in the upper deck, so I was not in any way unhappy with where I was sitting. But I, I enjoyed the heck out of that. Uh, Auburn fans, you showed out. And don't let anybody who speculates on social media saying this is a disappointing showing when they weren't looking past the expensive seats down there, which were meant for like parents and all these other stuff. Upper deck was all orange and blue for that game. At least it was an incredible showing for the Auburn fan. Did it look like that to you on, on, on uh, TV? Yeah. The, the first couple rows, it took a while. And I heard there were long lines that I think, you know, you could see it trickle in over the course of the, especially the first game. Um, but when they would pan out, it was so obvious it, how, how full it was uh, and how much orange, how much blue was in there. So um, it doesn't surprise me at all the showing, but I think those criticizing, it's a very limited scope of what you're looking at. A lot of context missing from that. And, and, and some Shocker. of these people, yes, some of these people do it just so they can get the reaction. And so when we feed into it, we just give them what they want. Uh, but I commend the Auburn family for showing up and showing out. Here's my one complaint, and then I want us to talk some just general March Madness stuff. Ticket prices for the second game. Now, let me talk about context because we just got to talking about how that was missing from people criticizing what they thought was a poor showing from Auburn in the first game. 
there were two state schools in the same arena on the same day. One's a one seed, so one of the best seasons they're ever having. Auburn's could have one of the best seasons. We just never know with them, you know, and just they look great against Iowa, look great for the first half against <laughs> against Houston. You just never know what you're gonna get. So the excitement's there, the hype's there, the drive to drive up prices is there. And then we get people selling their tickets. And I'm not talking about lower deck or lower level, whatever you want to call it. I'm talking about up past where I was sitting. And I had okay seats. Like I was not a, a, unhappy with where I was sitting, decent view, as I've already talked about. But when you're charging three to $400 for a second round game, just because a website with a bunch of fees can do it, I got to say, that's a little, it rubbed me the wrong way. Am I wrong in this, Austin? Like I, I, I'm a capitalism fan. I, I, if you can make the money off of it, if people will pay it, I, I, I get it. But there's a part of me also that says, hey, we want to pack this thing out. Maybe don't charge double what the actual face value of the ticket is. Is that, is that unfair of me to, to complain about? I, look, I don't think it's unfair. I, I think we're getting into our crotchety old man segment. Yes, here, I'm, I'm, but, I've been there about the free throws, so don't worry. I've already been well, there. Well, welcome to it, folks. Uh, but I, I, look, I get it, and I think I think you raise a good point on if if you truly want to pack this thing out, then you kind of got to help each other out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, and I'm not even saying let's give away these tickets. You know, I think many, like you said, are, are willing to pay face value and and even a little then some. But but double and triple is is where you get to be a little extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, the face value for the majority of the basic tickets for three sessions. Now, I've looked this up several times. So I've had a lot of people try to argue with this. It was 240 for to be at all three sessions for the original ticket price, which makes a ticket per set per game you could attend or session you could attend 80 bucks. Right. I was willing to pay up to 200 to go to the second game. You couldn't get anybody to even sniff 275. Like I think I saw 265 Ooh. one time. Like no, like people were laughing at you for 275. So I just wanted to be crotchety for a second and, and complain about that. So next time Auburn fans, when we have an opportunity to help each other out a little bit, let's let's help each other. Let's make a little money, just a little money on the side and help each other out. But that's my TED talk for the day. So thank you for coming. What I do want us to spend our last few moments here discussing is the, is the good things about March Madness. As you and I sit here speaking live, I will just go ahead and pull the curtain back. In the corner, I do have um, the FDU. Uh, 16 seed who've already upset the number one seed um, playing Florida Atlantic, trying their darndest and now only down by three. So you may see a reaction live <laughs> here in a second. I doubt it's going to, we're going to last that long with the time we have left, but it has been a fun March madness. Has it not Austin? Oh, it have, absolutely has. And and I also have it down here. You've, you've inspired me to turn it on as well. And, well, don't and you FDU's, don't you react? Don't you react no, to it without no if you're ahead of me? <laughs> I, I think you're ahead of me. But F, FDU is going to get the big spotlight because they became the second ever 16 seed to take out a one by beating Purdue in the first round. But this everything about this, whether it's a 16 versus a one, a 15 versus a two, any upset or any chaos is what makes makes March Madness so much fun. And I see people talking and griping all the time about, well, this isn't really the right way to choose a champion, or this isn't really the correct way to figure out who's the best in college. Well, who cares? 
it's real it's a lot of fun and sports are meant to be watched sports are meant to be enjoyed and if we want to get nitty-gritty sports are meant to make money and the ncaa tournament makes a heck of a lot of money kyle oh they do and, <laughs> and so i love march madness and i especially love the first two rounds when you can have multiple basketball games on at the same time yep. you mentioned watching fdu F- fau right now miami and indiana are also tcu and gonzaga are also on and it's just been like that the last four days and yep. it it is an absolute blast i think it's the best sports couple of days out of the whole year um it's fantastic. It really is. And, and I've loved every second of it. I feel like this, this year has been unique to any other year, even though there's been plenty of upsets and plenty of chalk games. Every year you get something different. Every year you get a different Cinderella and a different fan favorite people fall in love with. And um, it, it's so much fun. And listen, there are great stories outside of the FDU upset in the first round, however long this goes for them. Um, you know, there are, uh, there's a Princeton story that's pretty cool right now that I think is kind of getting lost by uh, overshadowed at the moment by FDU, a 15 seed beating the two. There's been the cool thing about, you know, both Alabama state, the state schools being able to go and play in Birmingham, which we've already addressed. Uh, there's just a lot of cool things with this one. And every year, like you said, March Madness is, is unique. There's something to latch on to. And I, I completely agree. This is the best sports event period at least this weekend this i, I would say this because people probably can't argue this is the best sports weekend of the year i i will go to war with anybody on that and i'll probably win that argument i love football football is always going to be my favorite sport to watch but what you get in a matter of help me do math austin 24 hours in a day times four. Oh, you 96 um, 96 hours where you can, as you said, just go, here's one monitor. You can literally have four monitors go, and you still might miss something because if something doesn't overlap the right way, it's awesome. It is just awesome. And how awesome is it that Auburn is a part of it? Yes. No, absolutely. I I talked a little bit about that. The fact my whole experience of March Madness has changed now that Auburn is a perennial competitor in the NCAA tournament it's always been fun it's always been a blast to make brackets watch all the games at one time and talk about it and and root for the Cinderella's every year but now that I have a legitimate rooting interest outside of who I picked for my bracket and which 15 seed I have going the final four it's having Auburn in it may amplifies it all the more and and maybe amplifies the stress of it a little more too sure but it all the more fun and it's still you know we've talked at length about how even a down year for Auburn is making the round of 32 and we've talked about don't don't lose sight of that and how special it is that Auburn is is competing for championships legitimately every year Uh, thinking back to I can't imagine not having Auburn in it now and we've already seen it within the Bruce Pearl era when there was a canceled tournament and when Auburn had self-imposed ban from the tournament and it's just not the same anymore. And so I'm so glad Auburn's in it. I'm so glad that we get to experience that facet of March Madness on top of all the other craziness. It's it's so good. And it's just made my love for basketball for this time of year even more that we affect the outcome of this. Think about it. Auburn nearly yeah. took down Houston, who a lot of people have favored to win this whole thing, even though they were the, not the number one overall number one seed just because of 
it's going to be in their hometown, the final four and all that stuff. And they are a great team. I mean, you, you saw that last yes. night, uh, even when the chips are down against them, they found a way back into the game. There are great teams abound. One of them is in the state. Um, you know, it, it, there are Cinderella stories. There are just crazy things happening. Um, I one one little final thing. I feel like there's been a lot more injuries in this particular March Madness. Maybe I'm just looking for that because of a few early ones or something. I'm not talking about like some life and death things, but there's just been some hard ankle turns and you know sprains and things like that. There just seems to be a lot of energy around this March Madness, and I've enjoyed the heck out of it so far. Yeah, I, I don't. I haven't really noticed it too much. I, I can think of kind of hearing about it more i guess but i think too and i don't know if this is necessarily a uh, motivation for the players i think we're removed a good bit from those who had to deal with the covid year but i, th- I don't think any of us will ever forget what it was like to not have certain things and, and march madness is absolutely one of those things um to, to take it for granted uh of of just you know and that we could get a whole lot deeper of just everyday life things that, that we that were stripped from us but to not have March Madness and the joy and the fun that it brings to just everyday life especially like in the first second round uh, we didn't have for a year and I I don't think anyone will ever forget what that was like Um, and so I hope that now it kind of provides that extra extra level of of emphasis for each player and each coach yeah it's a special thing and it's something that we'll look forward to every year and we continue to hope that Bruce Pearl continues his relevancy to this we continue to hope that the trajectory that johnny harris is providing with her basketball program will have a factor in the women's march madness where we can show uh that particular area of basketball how fanatic the auburn fandom can be when we are given a reason to be uh i I would love that to have a time of year where both men and women are a part of the true march madness the women's and men's uh ncaa tournament and just watch us go crazy for both of them. It's going to be a good good thing when that arrives, and I believe that it'll be here in short order. But we will leave that here for now. Uh, still some basketball to watch outside of Auburn basketball, but we'll do some wrap-up stuff for them in the coming episodes as we kind of wind some of those things down. We appreciate you all being here for this episode, episode 28 of the Auburn Experience Podcast on the way out. Austin, if they want to talk to you, where can they find you? Yeah, if you want to come talk to me or, or watch me uh, give free lessons on how to shoot a free throw, you can find me at Austin G. Scott. If you want to watch me or talk to me about how much I hate missed free throws, you can find me on Twitter at KyleLumas24. We appreciate y'all being here for this episode. So we talk to you again. Four Eagle. Four Eagle.